You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling a home to live and to sell. Welcome back to season twelve. This is episode five. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. First of all, happy Thanksgiving for those of you who are in the states. It's a very special week for Americans because it's a time where we get together with our friends and family. This year may be a bit different because of COVID, but either way, I want to wish you a very, very safe and happy holidays with your loved ones. And this week's episode is just a continuation from last week's conversation with Shay. So if you listen to last week's episode, you know that. She and I really got to talking. I don't know how, but it turned out we were just chatting for two hours for the interview. So for the time concern, I just basically cut the episode into two. So today is the part two, and we talk a lot about the business models in general, how people got started with staging, whether they may have started as a hobby or part time or as a side hustle. And how people are able to really establish themselves. So we talk about different business models as well. We talk a little bit about mindset and pricing, and all that that goes into starting a home staging business. So I hope you found today's conversation helpful. I would love to know what you think as well. So feel free to leave a comment in the show notes,、um, especially how you like. This kind of more conversational, I think, episode. Also, want to remind you that this week is Black Friday, so we are doing a Black Friday special. It's something that we're pushing out. That is a brand new business model where we're doing a membership. So we have a starter membership where you get access to six of our courses at a monthly subscription rate. For Black Friday, it's forty eight dollars per month. So that is really reasonable for you to access to six different courses. In our school, we also have an all-access, a twelve-month accelerator program where we have a dedicated student concierge. You get access to all eight of our courses, plus a monthly mentorship session, accountability buddy, and all that good stuff. So I've detailed all that on our website. So you can just go to stationmore.school/blackfriday2020, and I'll link this in our show notes as well, so you can get access to it. But this is a really good deal because we're rolling out as a beta this year.、Um, we're gonna officially roll it out in January, but by then the price will definitely go up. So definitely take advantage of it if you're looking for some extra mentorship and coaching for 2021. All right, so let's start the show. There's so much potential within the home staging world. There's so many new things happening, even with our industry. I think real estate industry is kind of like a dinosaur in a lot of ways. Like people are like allergic to technology; they don't believe in it. You know, clients don't believe in staging and stuff like that. But there's so many different ways to really educate our clients, especially like leveraging technology to make your business run more efficiently. And I, like you said again, I think it's a mindset issue because we have a new masterclass in our shop where I teach people how to give online presentations during COVID because I think that it's really important now, especially with online marketing. And I still get feedback like, "Oh, I don't really believe in giving presentation on the internet or like doing all this stuff, doing online marketing." Basically, I was like, "But you like nowadays everybody goes on a website to just." To see if this is a right stager for them first, and how are they going to find your website if you don't search engine optimize your website? Why restrict yourself? The thing is, like, if I had to make a presentation at a real estate office, 
I have to get into my car, drive half an hour. I have to pick up donuts. Water, where I have to put labels over it with my brand. I have to bring like folders with my handouts. I have to prep all that, get in the car, drive, and then go set it up, deal with their projector or whatever incompetence things you might run into at a meeting. Or may, sometimes you show up, they had to cut you off or like, oh, sorry, we know we book you for 15 minutes, but we can actually only have five minutes for you because this extra thing that happened today. And you might, you know, five agents might show up, 20 agents might show up, you know, maybe you give presentation to 50 people if you're lucky. If you're giving an online presentation, you can invite the realtor from your entire association. That could be a thousand realtor. It's not to say a thousand of them will show up, but there's so much potential of that because you can really scale it. You can also record that. Because Zoom allows you to record, right? So you can record right. your marketing presentation and then you just put it on your website. They can play it whenever they want. Like they don't even have to come to the live <sighs> So, Cindy, when you see my name on your registration list, don't even be mad, okay? Just just say, okay, Shay, come on. Because, like, I totally am like, this sounds amazing. I got to do this. And then I'm like, Ugh. Now, like, there, are, there are still a lot of places are in lockdown. I, I'm in London right now because I was here. I moved here for my master program. It's now finished. Did you? Yeah, so I'm actually leaving in the month. But... Like London is going through a second lockdown or they're they're about to. Like the prime minister just came out with a three-tier lockdown restriction. What? <laughs> yeah, there's three tiers. Don't get me started. But yeah. I'm going, that sounds a little fishy. Uh, what? But yeah, so because they still want to stimulate the economy. So like they still have pubs and restaurants that are open till 10 o'clock. There's a curfew now at 10. A curfew? The thing is, it's insane to me because like, the pubs are still packed. Like there's no like social distancing really. And the infection rate is really high now. I mean, the R rate is over, but yeah, anyway. But the thing is you can do so much even at home. I think that's the mindset thing. You know, people think yeah. that, oh, I can't, there's so much backend stuff that you can improve communication with your clients. You can look into investing in some sort of like client management system. You know, we used to use 17 hats. A lot of people use HoneyBooks now. You know, all these things that can really improve efficiency so that you can do less administration stuff and really focusing on the creative side of things. And a lot of times people feel like, oh, marketing or whatever. But marketing can be fun. How? Well, I don't still love it, but I feel comfortable about it now, you know, because I'm on video it's a way for me to be in touch with my audience. It's the mm-hmm. same way with as a homesager. People like, well, it's for big businesses, for like, if you're like a national business. No, it's not. Like any local business can do SEO. Any local business can have a strong Instagram following. Especially now, people are more and more used to doing business online. You can essentially give out a consultation because so you do e-redesign. Mm-hmm. Like, you know this. You can do this for anybody who lives anywhere in the world as long as they have an internet, you know? Yeah. So, like, the potential of actually making income as a home stager has grown because of technology. And you can even, you know, people are, like, saying, oh, so consultation, I want to go back to doing in-personal presentation. That's fine. You can do like in-person consultation with one-on-one clients, but you can also raise your rate now. You can have two tiers of pricing. You're like, I can do this over Zoom at this price, and but we do charge a bit more for the in-person one because I actually have to drive and all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. 
you know, you yeah, risk your life here. Yeah. And you can upsell and then downsell as well. Like, you know, maybe you did a consultation with a client and they were like, okay, now I feel very overwhelmed and I don't think I can handle doing all this. How much is it going to be to have you come back to stage it for us? You can upsell, you know, like there are different ways of running your business. You, this is why I, I'm like, I, I'm not a fan of like the traditional model where they kind of teach this certain way of running the business. But now there's so many more flexibility. Like I see stagers now staging vacation homes all the time, short-term rentals. There's lots of new different niches like people can go into. So yeah. It is. And I think that that's part of the thing that's really awesome about staging. You can really choose what you like. I got into this thinking that I was just going to do a bunch of consultations. That's what I originally thought because I was thinking I don't have the money to get all this inventory. So I'm thinking, let me do it. Because again, that was the model. Yeah. Do the consultations for the, the occupied staging. Do that. Get some money together. Then get your inventory. Well, my first job was a, a flat out vacant, nothing in the house home. So yeah. it was figure it out. You had to get the money from that staging job, get paid up front, and then you you do and you deliver. So it is a lot of different options. I've seen stages that are staging Airbnbs a lot in my area. So I'm in Dallas, like like right outside of Dallas. So there's Airbnb market that's here. There's just a bunch of different things that people can do. Myself, personally, I ended up getting into a lot of flips. So almost everything I've done, not mm, the majority of stuff that I do staging is flips for investors. And it just worked out that way. And so I also flip houses. So it's being able to see and know kind of what they're looking at, not cover up because you're always going to have somebody say, can you cover up this? No, that's not how we work. (laughs) But I can detract from that. I can't cover it up. But you kind of, honestly, I think really, Cindy, you just got to get in there because you're not going to really know. You may start out with a plan and you may find that as you're working that plan, it's not going to plan. And you have to go with what is working. And I do believe that we attract our tribe. So for me, it just ended up being, I thought it was going to be consultations. It ended up being a bunch of vacants. But there's so many different opportunities just taking action and just jumping in and see what works. Because there's a lot of different things out here. I've seen, starting to see more people, like I said, doing Instagram. But I think that there's There's a few people that are getting out of state, not out of staging, but going more into, what is it, textiles. They're like, you know what? Staging is great, but I kind of want to do something different. I want to go into fashion. I want, And they take kind of the similar things that you learn from staging and apply it to other places. Why not? You know, because like I talk about, for example, like during downtime, I do holiday decor design and installation because... You know, it's the same skill set, essentially. It's color theory. It's like negative space, focal point, lines, and all this good stuff we learn in design theory. You're just applying it through a different medium. So I actually was a freelance, but like I design weddings, for example. Like I've what? done... Yeah, I worked as a florist. This is like all these really random things. But like, but it's actually not so random because it's no. the same thing. Like in event design, there still needs to be a focal point. It needs to be a centerpiece, you know, like you with same thing with floral design. Like when you make a bouquet, there needs to be that center, the hero flower. Right. It's just the same thing. It's staging a house. You need to have a strong focal point and that is your hero. And you're just translating a different way. 
And so I feel like a lot of stagers think that, oh, I can only do staging. That's actually not necessarily true. You can actually parlay that skill set into other business ventures as well. And especially in staging, I think especially because of real estate, we're very cyclical. So I essentially really was only busy as a home stager from March through October. Once Halloween hits, it's going to be like dead. And that's usually my business development time. That's when I regroup and then look at numbers and really drill down and cut all the fat out, you know, whatever it is. And also start working on holiday stuff, you know, like holiday decor. I made holiday decor for stores. I freelance as a visual merchandiser and I've done like set holiday decor for like residents and also like commercial setting as well. Those are all kind of the skill set that you can translate from staging. So, yeah. Right. Now, I know that you're typically based in California. And I remember listening to earlier podcasts. I know you don't want to hear it. But I was like, Cindy is in California. It's a little different here in Texas. Now that you're in London, do you see like other opportunities for staging even in London? Because I'm sure that market's totally different. Yeah. So they're a bit different here. So in the States, it's actually in a way a lot easier because we have more access to different types of inventory. And I see with stagers here, it's, it's a bit more difficult to get the right inventory or to get an inventory at a more affordable price. But people still make it. You know, like I interview a stager, I think a couple of years ago, her name's Olivia. She started staging at 19. She was able to build a million pound business, British pound. And then when I asked her about her business model, her family owns a manufacturing like factory, basically, to manufacture furniture in, I think, Manchester. And so they were able to stage all around the country. But that is not a common business model. for <laughs> We make furniture. Oh, yeah. But there are definitely opportunities as well. Because I think what's really smart about Olivia's business model is that she actually taps into students. So there's a lot of students in UK, whether it's international or like from UK, whatever. But what they do is they're really used to, because a lot of times when you rent houses here in UK, the furniture comes with a rental. It's actually less common to rent a house that's completely empty. But for those people, Olivia has these packages. So she has actually a living room package. You know, like they deliver to you. It's like a set price includes like, I don't know, three pillows, a couch, one accent chair, and an artwork. Whatever is in her package. Like, I'm just nice. making it up. But it, it, it is packaged. So, like, you basically order it online, and then it just gets delivered to your location. And I think that's actually very smart. And also, like, in StagerCon, one of the participants was talking about how he, he was working as a real estate agent. I think he still works as a real estate agent, but he also is now staging. And one of the opportunity, missing opportunity that he saw in Detroit is that a lot of investors actually need appliances, but they don't want to buy one. So they just want to rent one to like for the staging. And so he actually tapped into that and he was able to get clients because of that. Because a lot of stagers in his market, most stagers in the market, I think, don't rent appliances, because, you know, but he figured out how to do it and he has a whole inventory of it. And he figured out what sorts of refrigerator and oven looks really good for the staging and like mm. what like what the investors like essentially. So he was able to buy them at wholesale. And so I think there are ways to be creative. You have to really think outside the box. And that's yeah. why I think where the mindset comes in. Because when I think when I first started, people just feel like, 
when I was first starting, it was like 2006. So long time ago, but like, it's funny because I say that because I think when I started my business, I was 25 and I'm turning 40 in two months. So it's like, I'm now a middle-aged woman. You know? Oh, like, hold on. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Cause I'm 40. <clears throat> I forget how old I am. So we're not going, you know, we're seasoned. That's okay. We're seasoned. Okay, good. I'm going to see that maybe. But, but yeah, but the thing is, I think when I first started staging, it was really more about like making a good income, maybe like as a psychic, like if you're like a working mom or like you just want to be creative, it's like a nice hobby kind of career. And now it's more like people are actually fully working at making, you know, six, seven figure staging businesses. Oh yeah. And it's no longer like a pipe dream to have like a million dollar home staging business, which I think is really, really awesome because I think in a way it really elevates the industry to really show the potential of what is possible really. Because I think a lot of times, like, like, for example, we talk about how there's not a lot of BIPOC representation in mainstream media. You know, like I think when I first moved to the States when I was 15, in the 90s, like I never see an Asian person as like a main character in a movie or TV show. But now I see it all the time. And then so that actually signals to younger people that this is possible. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was possible. Like I just thought worlds would be like a best friend or a psychic kind of thing. It's sad, but it happens a lot. There's like a lot of stereotype in mainstream media. But it's the same thing, I think, in staging as well. Like, if you show that this is possible, it's possible to build a home staging business that you want, then people then will start making it happen because they know that it's possible. A lot of time, it is mindset that it's, like, keeping us back. That we think, oh, I just want a small business. Like, I don't know. We talk a lot about money in this episode. And sometimes people are scared about talking about money. They feel like, oh, it's so, like, gauche or you know whatever it's taboo i think it's important to talk about money because if i didn't have money i can't live the lifestyle that i want i can't buy that shoes that i really like you know money is is a tool it's not necessarily evil you can leverage money to make more money and i don't think it's bad to talk about money at all because i think it money is also an energy if you keep blocking it or you don't want to talk about it then, you know, you're not really like opening your heart to it. A lot of times I think stagers feel awkward talking about pricing, talking about money with their clients. Why? Like if it's going to be awkward, if you're going to be awkward about it, your client's going to feel awkward about it, right? Like have you ever been on like a meeting or like a a really terrible first date when there's just like, (laughs) super awkward and you're just like oh god i want to get out of here yes you know? <laughs> thing. if you're like awkward with your client even you're like subconsciously awkward about it they're gonna feel it and they're gonna be like this makes me feel very uncomfortable and they're gonna associate that feeling with working with you and then they're gonna feel uncomfortable coming back yeah but you know what i think that it may be because you, you bring up a really good point i think that because staging is so predominantly female and as women we are predominantly not talking about money and we're not talking about making money. We're not talking about investing it or any of those things. That may be part of it as to why we're not having the conversation about money. But there are some very successful stagers. Some of them are very, very young. There's a guy out in Florida who 
amazing. I cannot remember his name right now, but he's got a little diamond thing. Yeah, I don't I know what I'm talking. Oh, God. oh my god, but I love him. Never met him in my life, but love him. The like, energy as well, isn't it? Like Olivia it is. is very vocal about like what she's accomplished, you know? Like she has no problem talking about it. And you brought a really good points. We're predominantly female. I mean, when I first starting out, I remember this very vividly. Like I would be like I would work on my proposal for like an hour, you know? And then at the end of it, I was like, is this too expensive? Maybe I'll just knock another $100 off. I was young and I was also female. Like, I, I think this is like, you don't recognize your own value. And then so you just like, oh, what if I don't get this job? I really want this job, right? So like, I would just knock down these prices. And then one yes. day my client, actually a client, of, it's actually a new client as well. Like he pulled me aside. He's like, Cindy, you're charging too little. Obviously, don't raise too much price on my client, but you can probably charge a thousand dollar more. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> the whole time, I thought I was too expensive because I was like, I'm 25. You know, like I'm new to staging. I'm yeah. also 25. Like I don't know what I'm doing exactly. I never had the real business training. Because when I first started my business, a lot of stagers come in from a successful corporate career, you know? I noticed that too. In business. And, you know, like, I was just like, I had no real business training. I worked for AmeriCorps before then. I was like a teacher, you know, like in schools and stuff. I had no idea, like, how I can make a real business. I'm 25, you know? But the whole thing is like, you're young and you don't know what you're doing. And also, like... The median age in my county for real estate agent was 55. I remember when I, what, there was like a whole month, every single networking event I went to at a real estate, you know, like a real estate event, everyone asked me how old I was. I was just like, 25? I feel so awkward about it. And then so naturally it was just like, I really feel I was not worth the price I was charging. And I was undercharging my clients. And yeah. so then after that conversation, I bump up my price. And even then I still didn't really feel like, like I'm really comfortable with this. It took me a while to really figure out what exactly I'm worth and then what I should be charging to really make my business run. And that's the thing too, it's like, you don't have to be a math champion, but you have to understand how to calculate your own paycheck. Yeah. Then I really, like what really helped me was actually business coaching. Like I had opportunity, I applied for a business competition. A friend of mine told me, like this friend I met at a networking event, she told me about it. And so I applied for this business competition. I won in my category and they sponsored a year of business coaching and also like, like, like a four session of like financial coaching and so that was really helpful because I start learning what, as a business owner, what I need to know, like with that financial knowledge, how to run my business properly. And I pretty much have my, have a business coach ever since then. Like I've changed business coach several times because you can actually hit a plateau with your business right. coach. And also you can outgrow your relationship. So maybe in the beginning of business, you really need this type of coaching. But after a while, we need a certain type of coaches because they're coach who specialize in different discipline. Like obviously there's life coaching, mm -hmm. but even within business coaching, they're like HR. Like I had a coach just for HR, for example. 
there are coaches who will help with your systems. So like even now I'm running this school, I still have a business coach. Like she helps me figuring out team building and also like how to overall like improve my business systems from an overall point of view. So I find that incredibly helpful to have some sort of mentorship or business coaching in my business because that's really how you learn. You need people who really know the knowledge and know how to guide you in the field to really help help you shape your own business in a way. So, And I think you bring up a good point though, because I just hired a a business coach myself, one for my systems Mm -hmm. and one for the business, because again, there's a lot of humps that I got to get over myself, but you bring up something really good because, and you may have experienced this when you first, first started out. Well, of course we talked about mindset, but sometimes you don't have that support. You don't have other business owners in your circle, especially at 25 when you started, however old you are, you may not have other entrepreneurs and you probably don't have another stager that will be able to help you. So I think that it is important to listen to podcasts, listen to motivational speaking, get books about your mindset, about business, about all of those things. Like I said, I'm a year in only, and I'm just now coming to the point of getting all of these things in place. Because I'm, again, as you're going and you're learning and you're constantly growing and you're realizing, hey, this isn't working the way I want it to. Let me take a step back and reassess. And then when you reassess, you put a plan in place and you move forward. But when you're just starting out, you may not have that support. So look, don't be afraid to get a book, get a podcast. I don't listen to a lot of regular radio. I don't watch a lot of regular TV. It is, me and Audible are like super (laughs) awesome. I think I probably run through like four or five Audible books about every three weeks. But I think it's just, it's super important. And I'm realizing as we're talking, like, because there's a lot of women in staging, we may have to work on something like mindset something because I think we go through this as women where it's this self-worth thing. And then as a mom, it was, this is taking away my time as a mom. So then I've got mom guilt going on. And it's just all of these different things that is literally only in my mind. These aren't real things. They're only in my mind, but our mind is so powerful. Like you were saying before, it's an energy and it's, it's such a powerful thing. It can either, your mindset can either make you or break you. Because what you yeah. think is that's what's going to happen. Whatever you think. If, so if you think good, good is going to happen. If you think woe is me is horrible, you can just go ahead on and get your umbrella out because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be. No, I, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I sound so, ooh, I don't know. Maybe it's a Californian thing. I feel like once you're Californian, you're Californian for life in a way. It's like that. <laughs> you can't take the California out of the girl. But for me, I, I recently did like a money manifesting workshop. And it's really interesting because I was reading about like manifesting. It's like they say that your brain doesn't recognize the negative stuff. It just thinks that if you think you keep thinking negative things, it just thinks that that's what you want. Mm. You attract more negativity. And so, you know, like you really have to change how you frame things as well. And I mean, like mindset issue is huge because even now, like I, I have to say, I've been in staging for a long time and now I'm in, in the educating position. But the thing is like, I have mindset issues all the time as well. Like, are we doing the right things? Are we running the school? Are we building the community to really benefit what, you know, like what home stagers need and stuff? I, I constantly go through that myself. And because I also work as a photographer now, I just finished my master program in photography 
even like gone through that whole process, I still have doubt. It's like, is my work good enough? Especially as a photographer, there's a lot of rejection. You know, yeah. you constantly apply to competition, to exhibition and stuff. And you just basically, especially with COVID now, the competition goes up, you know, you could be applying for something and there's like 2000 people also sent in the competition, you know, so there's a lot you're, you're facing a rejection constantly. So you have to really tweak your own mindset to figure out like a lot of times it's not really about you or your work. It's, it's more this external factor, you know, it's maybe you're not the right fit for this project. So that's why they didn't accept you. And it's just like how running businesses, you know, most of the time it's not personal. And I think a lot of times people feel hurt, for example. Oh my God, I don't understand why my client hired another stager. A lot of the times, maybe it's not your client. It's your client's client. Maybe a home seller is like, I've got an aunt, you know, her <laughs> husband is now doing staging. And so we're going to hire them. I've you know, had that too. I've had that happen. It's not, it's not within your control. All we can do is control what we can control, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. So it, it, with you being in like a teaching, not even like with you from a teaching standpoint, honestly, if you at the level of success that you've reached in real estate and staging and even having a school, like it took a lot to even come up with having a school. Come on now. So if you struggle with it, imagine these students that most of them, you know, when you're first starting, you don't know what you don't know then you're scared of what you don't know. So like mindset is super huge. And I, I don't know. I just love anybody that will just take a moment to let's, Hey, let's talk about mindset because if you think you're going to fail, you're going to fail, honey. It doesn't matter how much training you get. If you don't believe in you, nobody else will either, but it's a constant. We have to remind ourselves about, we have to remind ourselves of our worth. We just, it's just a natural, we have to do it. Yeah, and it's finding that support as well, I think. And that's why I really want to focus on building a community. Like, I really love SagerCon, where people are really, like, actively connecting and stuff. Because you really need to find your own people, like, your own... You know, that's why, like, I I want to kind of... I don't know, like, that's why I think community is so important. Because I wanted to build a school that I wish I had when I was starting out. You know, you like you said, you don't know what you don't know until you went in. I did not know coming into staging. I also just was like, oh, I want to, because I started out as a real estate agent, a buyer's agent. And I thought, oh, this would be a really good differentiation to move on to the selling side. So I wanted to learn more about staging. And then when they sold the course, they were like, yeah, buy this and you can start your own staging business, (laughs) which is a really smart way of marketing courses. But the thing is, when I finished it, I was just like, I still don't really know how to run this as a business. There was really no handbook, you know, like you don't really know how do I get new clients? How do I keep clients? And how do I make my client happy? Or the logistics of like, do I need this, this and that? And and that's really what frustrates me. I feel like, you know, if I'm going to invest X amount of dollar, I should be able to actually know all this stuff by the time I finish. Right. And yeah. also I feel really alone. You know, I was 25 and I didn't have any network really. I didn't really have any support either. There was only a couple of stagers in my market that was really nice to me and then were willing to chat, which was really encouraging. They were in it a few years ahead of me. So that was really helpful. 
And so for me now, from a school point of view, is like, how can we provide support, but also make it accessible? So we have both. That's why we have a lot of free resources, but also pay courses as well mm-hmm. to kind of balance, to try to balance that as well. But yeah, even now I still have mindset issues as well. It pops up here and there and you just have to like keep working through it. But, you know, I also have business friends, like I have business BFFs that like... <laughs> Like before our podcast, I was on the phone with my friend for two hours. I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm PMSing, but I'm having serious mindset issue right now. Yeah, I'm like, maybe I just give it all up. No. You know, so, you know, you you have to kind of figure out how to work through it. And whether that's from external support, but also internal work as well. And that's why I think education is so valuable and also finding your community as well. Mm, Um, That's major. And I will say there's a lot of Facebook groups that I have found to be absolutely amazing. And it's really interesting that you mentioned that you had gone to some stages in your market and only a few of them were nice to you. It's really weird because in person, like in real life, in real life, yeah, I have found that they're not all that great to you sometimes, but you can't let that stop you. But if you go and approach them online, they're the greatest, nicest person ever. So (laughs) sometimes they may be busy. I don't know. But, you know, getting involved in Facebook groups, Risa has a really good group. There's lots of great, great, I don't want to say veteran, we'll say highly experienced stagers that are very active in Facebook groups. That's been super helpful. So to anybody that's new, join those. I see you comment a lot. And every time I'm like, oh my God, there's Cindy. Like I was I'm actually not very active. I feel bad. Like I, I'm only on Facebook to look at Corgi photos. And (laughs) when Game of Thrones was on, I was there to watch Game of Thrones series, but no, because I, we have a, our family dog is a corgi. So I'm really only on Facebook looking at corgi videos. Like my <laughs> oh. whole feed, same thing with my Instagram. Like, like my whole feed is corgis. But yeah, like, you know how Facebook algorithm works. It just pops up. And so, yeah. So I, when I see things, I'll comment on it. But I'm not as active as I used to be, I think. So. Yeah, but even that little bit though, giving back is, it's amazing because I'll see you, I'll see Todd McAllister, I'll see just a bunch of different people giving back. And when you don't have stagers in your market that you can kind of go to or having a mentor that's a stager, because I have not been able to get that yet, that's major. And even if you can't get an actual day-to-day mentor kind of a person, getting in Facebook groups and being active in there, asking questions, commenting. And I love the fact that we can put a picture out and say, y'all, give me some feedback here, or I've got this room that I want to do. Give me some ideas. It's a really good community. It, it's been very awesome. I know that I've directed quite a few people to stage for more because the resources that you even have, like free resources, come on now. Like, I'm like, are we, is this making sense? I don't know. I don't know. It's it I've never been to school before. So, but I just do what I it's think okay. is right. And that's all we can do on a day-to-day basis as a stager running a school. That's all we can do is just whatever we think is right and make sure that we're adding value. That's all we can do. Yeah. That's it. But definitely please don't stop. (laughs) I'm telling you now, I've got to get this digital marketing course that you have. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm I'm rolling out a new program next year. It's like, it's like a business accelerator for 12 months. So if you come into that, you get, 
all access to all of our courses. Yeah, for 12 months and then including more coaching calls as well. Wow, that's amazing. I keep rolling out new courses and I feel like there's just so many things like within running the business part. Our signature program is six-figure floor plan, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's a really solid program for business foundation and system building and all this stuff. But I always be like, oh my God, we like I there's all this other stuff like can add into it. But then then it wouldn't make sense because it's already a 20-hour course. It's already a lot in it. Like if we keep stuffing it, then it's not gonna be sustainable in the sense that we will have to charge people a lot of money for it. And then so I'm just like, why don't I just make a massive accelerator? People just have all access to everything that we have because next year we we're going to have the business course obviously we have the styling course we have a photo course and we have short courses on your portfolio and also online presentation and we're going to roll out more online marketing stuff as well for seekers especially i think templates people really need help with that yeah so i'm actually like this week we're going to roll out a new product like where a lot of times people get stuck on seo and the easiest way to do seo is actually blogs and also adds a lot of credibility and you can repurpose that into your newsletter and into your social media. So we're going to, we're going to roll that out and see how people like it. And then maybe add more templates as well in the shop. So people can just take advantage. So it's just really plug and play. Cause I, I really That's want to great. figure out what really people need and then give it to them and help them to really just shorten the cycle of like struggle basically. That would be great. Cause to be honest, when you're first starting, there's so many different things that you have to to get a handle on. You're sourcing inventory. You're not buying wholesale. So you got to make a bunch yeah. of trips to Target and Ross and everywhere else. And if you're like me, side note on, on inventory, a lot of that stuff is Facebook Marketplace and just random other places. You have to just find it where you can, especially during COVID. It's hard to come by inventory right now. But yeah. when you're first starting, you're doing a million things. So templates are always nice. And then you don't, you know, you don't have to come up with anything until you kind of get more comfortable with writing and stuff like that. Because I was sitting there going, I need to put a blog together. I need to do this. I need to do this. And then I was like, I need yeah. to <laughs> like, I need some wine. Yeah. And there are actually shortcuts to do everything. So like our hope it's like for the school is really to help people find that shortcut. So they're not mm-hmm. struggling as much as I did when I first started out or even like midpoint of my art business. I mean, there's always so much things to do like marketing wise. Once you're established though, the great thing is like, you don't have to do as much marketing. Like toward the end of our staging business, I did zero marketing. Clients just keep coming, you know? <laughs> Your website is already like established, it's SEO, and you already have a strong clientele. So it's all really referral word of mouth. All you need to do is maintain that relationship and, and refine it as you go. And so there's actually less pressure and way less administrative stuff than comparing when you're first starting out. But starting out, you're really building the foundation of the core of your business. It's like house building, right? The first thing right. is digging and then make sure you have a really solid foundation so the house is not going to get blown over when there's like strong wind you know so it's the same thing with your business like the foundation the pillars have to be very strong and so you have to do a lot of grunt work unfortunately in the very beginning but it gets easier and it gets sweeter as well i think that's one of the things people don't like 
don't realize it's like, yeah, now you're really working hard. But once everything starts clicking, oh my God, it feels amazing. One of the things that really helped me actually is one of my business coach, she really worked on my mindset with me. And I really reframed the way I think about running my own business. And once that shifted and we start narrowing down our focus in our business, like I really niched down to a specific type of house Mm. and that just clicked and we hit six figure in no time. It just, it feels so easy. It's just like, we're like, it doesn't feel like I'm struggling anymore. It just clicked in every single way. And clients just all of a sudden start calling. It, that was the weirdest thing. And this is why I experienced it. So that's why I teach my courses that way. It's like the first thing is always mindset. Like in six for a full plan, it's like module zero. That's your mindset. And then you take inventory of how you are and who you are and what you want in life. And then you build your business to fulfill your life. So this, this is the things we spend so much time at work. It has to be pleasurable. Like it yeah. can't just be like, I show up punching the timesheets and then I punch out. It's, there's no joy in that. Like, I think if you feel fulfillment in your life and your work, that really translates in every single aspect of your life as well, because you're happy. Yeah, I agree. And then, but if you're also giving something, like we got to find our purpose. So I was on this whole journey of finding my purpose and trying to figure that out. But I did like, you know, once you kind of get into that slow, but it's got to be outside of yourself. So that's what we were saying before when like, and I think that's partially too, why we had that whole moment of making sure it's all great for our clients and being able to serve them and give and just doing, because even now teaching, you're still serving. So I think that once we can get outside of ourselves, that's what helps us put that action in and say, yeah. okay, hey, because honestly, if you ever looked at my Facebook, I don't post, I don't, uh, putting myself out there, but I have to get to the point of it's not about me and it's not for me. It's for somebody else. It's to help other people. Like you don't teach for you. You know how to stage. You've run a staging company before. You're doing this for other people. Yeah. I think for me, impact is really important. And that's why I made a decision of transition the business into a school because I felt it's actually that came from podcasting because I feel like I knew from podcasting, I learned that I can make a much bigger impact teaching than doing one-on-one work. And so I just decided that I want to go into teaching instead because I can make more of an impact in the industry compared to then just like working within San Francisco Bay Area. And, but also the time of my life at the time, I was just like, I also want to make changes in my life as well. Like I want to learn other things. And so changing my business model allowed me to do that as well. And so I think I'm really like impact driven. I don't know why I'm, this is a woo-woo part again, but I'm a Sagittarius. So it's like all about impact for me. And I'm really like, yeah, I'm really wired that way. For me, it's impact first and income second. I know it sounds super cheesy to say. We just talk all this stuff about money. (laughs) For me, it's like, if I'm not enjoying my work, then there's no point to it. You know, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, have you gone to a Starbucks or remember like Jamba Juice? Like, they're really like, oh my God, I love life. Like, you know, (laughs) you think it's super cheesy. It's juice. Okay. Like what? But the thing is like, if you don't, you don't have joy from your, oh my God, I sound like Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. <laughs> but 
seriously, it's like you spend so much time at work. If you really don't find what makes you passionate about your work, then I think it's really difficult. Then it just really becomes a job. It's not something like you enjoy doing because you simply don't don't get any like joy or fulfillment out of it. So yeah, absolutely. And staging. The part where you actually get to stage that 10% of the time where you actually get to get in that house and stage and that's the joy of it. The talking to people, doing all the other stuff, you do the things that you don't want to do in order to get to that 10% of what you do like to do or however big that percentage is. But it's not cheesy to want to make impact first because the money will come. The money will always come. If you're doing what you love to do and if your gift is staging, then that gift will make room for you. You just have to continue to hone that craft. You have to continue to better yourself and the money will come. It's about how many people can you impact? And I was reading this book, but no, I was probably, I wasn't reading. I was probably listening to a a audible, (laughs) like, but it was talking about how money is really the evidence of your impact. And that's it. You, I know the book. It's one of the go-giver books. I can't think of which one it is, but it's probably the first go-giver book. But it's like, it's just an indicator of your impact. And so it will come. Keep making an impact on people. Keep adding value. And the money will be there. Like, I'm pretty sure when you were 25, did you think that you'd be in London right now getting a photography master's degree, like running a successful staging business? No. No. We just have to go. When you get in that flow of what your gift is, it will start to open things up. And so for all those people that want to be stagers, it may not always be staging for you. It may turn into something else, but you got to follow that first thing first. For me, I started staging and now I I have this thing about helping women be better wives. But oh, that's great. It's all about transformation because that's the part of staging that I love. I love transformation. When I'm flipping houses, I love the transformation. I like the process, not just the end result, but the process of watching something become beautiful. And so it started with staging, but now I help, I've helped a couple of friends with their relationships. And so I'm like, hmm, maybe we, we do something different with that. And yeah. you use a lot of dating analogies, which is what really caught my attention too. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Tons of dating analogies, bro. Yeah. We'll do a relationship show. <laughs> oh my but God. I can't believe we've been talking for two hours. And Are you serious? Yeah. And actually we didn't hit like half of our questions. So I just, it's such a nice conversation. I didn't want to stop the flow, but we definitely had to stop at two hour. I'm um, so sorry. No, it's totally great. I think it's really important conversation that is not really talked about in the home staging industry. I don't know why. I think... I think we should talk more about mindset and the imposter syndrome and just like everyone has them, even if you're a seasoned stager, like even in year 10, I still get a butterfly, you know, every morning before the truck comes when we're like prepping or doing our final prep, I still get a butterfly, you know, like, like all the adrenaline that's kicking in and stuff. And I, yeah. I know like new home stagers sometimes feel like I don't, I'm not very encouraging, but I am, you know, because it's like, as a new stager, you don't know what you don't know. And I'd rather for you to know, like, you know, know the direct, you know, like, I don't know. I can, I don't know how to say this, but I, I'd rather you know the ugly side of it before. But there's tons of sweet stuff that comes from building your own business and really making it happen. There's lots of joy inside. Oh God, I really did sound like Marie Kondo. But no, and now she is a little extra. I'm not going to lie. She's a little extra, but... <laughs> 
out look <laughs> she she but she's cute though a little cute so yeah but i think that sometimes it's crazy because we go into it thinking something and we get this thing worked up in our mind and it just doesn't happen that way but it can end up being so much better than what we thought it could be exactly so I think you're, you're absolutely correct but <laughs> So to wrap up today's show, what would you say is your number one tip for new homestagers? Oh, just one. Mm. Your top, your top, top, top. My top, 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 top would be get training. Mm. That is my top thing because that's going to differentiate you from somebody that's just doing this as a hobby for free and somebody that's doing this to really do this. Get training. And look into that training too. Make sure to look into it. Don't just make sure that it's right for you. And a lot of the the trainers, Cindy included, will give a lot of resources that if those resources resound with you and they you connect with them, go ahead and look into the training. But if the free resources don't really connect with you, that may not be the right one for you, like dating. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a bad course. It's just not the course for you. But get get some real serious staging training and always be open to learn yeah that's great i love that thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much you did great you're all like i wasn't sure if i would be great and then we talk about we talked two hours i thought this was gonna be like 20 minutes i thought i was gonna struggle (laughs) i was like i don't know what to say but i am so glad to finally talk to you and to see you in person like oh my gosh thank you So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.